Hi, everybody. I just wanted to pop into your ears for a moment before I start the podcast where I really hope you can detach and relax just for a short period of time, have a little laugh and listen to some silly nonsense about reality TV. But um, I want to talk seriously to you for a moment before I launch into my uh, vapid nonsense that I'm known for. Because once in a while I can uh, get get serious and things that I do get really serious about are human rights and injustice. So I just wanted to say that I wholeheartedly uh, the, and the podcast wholeheartedly supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it's a long time coming and I genuinely hope that this revolution that is happening right now actually makes some goddamn change because this treatment cannot go on. It's unfair, it's unjust, and it's disgusting. And uh, black lives motherfucking matter because they are lives. (laughs) I, I... I think a lot of you hear me with that and I hope you're fist pumping with me and I hope we vote fucking Trump. I say we because I'm a human being and I support human beings, whether they're gay or trans or black or white or fucking purple and I don't know, have a third eye or some shit. I support you if you are a kind, loving person just because you're a goddamn human being. Vote Trump out in November. I'm sick of uh, not being political podcast. Australia has its own issues and I'm going to um, give a list of, of places that you can show your support and donate to Indigenous Australians um, and also some charities and uh donations that you can that you can support in the states as well so yes um sorry to get a little impassioned but this is a passionate issue and I think we all need to have that burning fire inside of us right now um especially us fucking basic bitches that are you know upper middle class white white chicks like me because we've been un, um, we've been comfortable for far too long and it's our turn to feel uncomfortable it's our turn to educate ourselves on the injustices that black people face all around the world uh since the dawn of fucking time and um you know if we can do the bare minimum by showing a little financial support that's going to help and then we have to take on the responsibility to educate ourselves because it's not fair to continually ask our black friends um, to educate us. They're tired. It's like me fucking advocating for feminism every time I get on the microphone, every time I talk to an asshole that, you know, doesn't think that he's being a sexist pig. It's I don't want to fucking educate you anymore, buddy. Like, just be better or get the fuck out of my way. That's how I'm sure they are feeling. So we need to do our own research if we want to know more. Okay, let me get to a few of the areas that you can show support or donate. And please, if you've got any others, um, DM me on uh, Instagram at reality TV and me, and I can make mention of them in future podcasts. 
some of the, and I will put all of this in the show notes and on Instagram. So don't worry if you miss it. Um, but if you're ready, you can get your pen and paper ready. Uh, some of the GoFundMes that you can support in Australia and our Aboriginal communities are the Grandmothers Against Removals. Uh, this is a grassroots group led by Aboriginal grandmothers helping to support those affected by um, uh, forced removal of First Nations children from settlements across Australia. So you can Google them, Grandmothers Against Removals. Uh, for some of the people that have been murdered by police, either died in custody or shot dead by police themselves in Australia, you can go to um, the GoFundMe Justice for Tanya Day, Justice for David Dungai Jr. and Justice for Ewan Demu. The final spelling of Ewan Demu, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, I apologise, is Y-U-E-N-D-M-U. And some of the Australian charities that you can look into a little bit more um, are the National Justice Pro Project, dedicated to tackling systemic injustice and racism with government institutions, Healing Foundation, which is an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander organisation that partners with communities to address the ongoing trauma caused by actions like the forced removal of children from their family. The, Humans Rights, the Human Rights Law Centre, uh, which helps with legal action to uh, advocate for change and eliminate inequality for justice in Australia. So that's just a handful that I've mentioned there. I will post links to the ones I've mentioned and even more so you can do your own research and see where you want to put your uh, support and perhaps make a donation. Even just reading more about these organisations will help you get a clearer idea of what has happened in Australia with our Indigenous people, um, our First Nations people and the true owners of this land. So it's uh, pretty important to understand uh, where we came from and what we're benefiting from, from these people. In the States, you can show your support with a few funds like the Justice for George Floyd petition. This is just a change.org petition. I mean, it's only asking you for a signature and it takes two seconds. Sign away and if you can donate, you can donate as little as $3 if you don't have much to give. Of course, the George Floyd Memorial Fund, uh, the Reclaim the Block Fund, the Black Visions Collective, the Louisville community bail fund these are all options for you so look I'm going to put all of these in the show notes once again so you don't have to remember all of these names but I just want you to know that we here in Australia if you are listening from all over the world and I know I've got a lot of listeners in the states uh, I'm standing with you I support you and I just really hope that we can see some fucking change all right Let's have some fun because I am working up a back sweat. Hey guys, so we're about to jump into my interview with Amanda from Married at First Sight Australia. And look, she was an absolute riot to talk to. Such a chill, fun chick. Um, lots to divulge. But I just wanted to give you a heads up. 
the sound on her end is a little clicky clacky at some points. If it gets too much for you, just skip ahead in your 15 or 30 second increments because it does get better. It just kind of comes and goes a little bit. Um, I couldn't hear it as we were recording. So unfortunately, there is a little bit of a background noise there. I've tried to reduce it as much as possible. So just do your best. And it's a fun, uh, very revealing, very intense interview, which I enjoyed a lot. So if you um, are not too bothered by it, you will uh, learn some very interesting behind the scenes goss about the show and the relationships with everybody else on there. So enjoy. Lots of love. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and today I am continuing my Maths Australia cast chats with Amanda McAuliffe, life coach, PT, bodybuilder, and now cast member of season seven of Maths Married at First Sight Australia. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're giggling at bodybuilder. <laughs> You're not identifying as bodybuilders so much since isolation. <laughs> oh, no, I'm definitely, you know what? My physique is actually better now because I'm actually training an extra day Mm-hmm. training from home. So I've picked up an extra day. I was training four days when I was at the gym and now five. So I'm probably more carved up now, just a little bit more. I mean, I maintain my physique during the week, but it's funny you say laughing at the whole bodybuilder, I guess, identity because bodybuilding is what I do. It's not who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's just something you do because you enjoy it rather than yeah. something. And I, lo- I, I don't know where I read this, but I was um, having a little perv on you last night and um, <laughs> having a little read, but I was yeah. like, Oh, I love that you said somewhere in the internet ether that you don't want to necessarily have that identity of bodybuilder because you don't want to put that pressure on yourself. Um, not saying this very well, but does that, does that make sense to you? So basically what that comes down to is, is self-awareness and your own Mm -hmm. identity and how you identify with yourself and what you do for a living. So, um, I guess we can, we can talk a little bit about this. So prior to maths, I was a workaholic, Mm -hmm. um, prior to me running my own business, I was, I guess a gym freak. So at one point without either, I kind of lost a little bit of who I was and mm-hmm. that's a problem. So I think for a lot of people, they get so addicted, attached to either their line of work um, or say they get obsessed with training, for example. The problem with that is that when things are taken from us, like we lose our jobs, um, COVID was a perfect example of that. You know, we go into lockdown Um, most people lost their jobs. Um, you know, if they didn't have the option to work online, for example, well, you know, that can really mess with your identity in a way. So sometimes it's good to not get attached to what you do, people, places, or things rather it's about developing a sense of self-awareness so that when, um, when life throws a speed hump, you can always pivot. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I learned that the hard way <laughs> in life. Mm. I've had, um, I'm asked, I like talking about the bodybuilding stuff because I had a lot of like, you know, and look, I think it's very normal, but a lot of women have body image issues and, you know, certain attachments to a look that they're going for. And, um, 
you know, if they can't meet that, they berate themselves and, and yeah. it, it, it is hard. And, it, and especially, you know, I've had a lot of health issues my listeners know about um, that have taken me out of work as well. And it is, you know, if we're raised in this kind of rat race, like headstrong mentality where you go, 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 and you push yourself to the extreme and yeah. then you collapse in a heap and you have to rebuild and just to do it all over again. And it's not healthy. It's not a healthy cycle and it's not an enjoyable life. So there is um, an importance yeah. of finding that kind of balance and, and your own identity that's separate from the job you do or your, the partner you're with or the car you drive, all that kind of stuff. And I think with, um, with isolation and COVID and it's all around the world, a lot of people are, uh, looking at themselves for the first time and having to question that. So exactly. it, it might be a whole new world once we start creeping out of our shells, which we're lucky enough to be able to do here in Australia at the moment. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, just to caveat what you're saying too, um, yes, COVID is forcing a lot of people to have a good hard look about at themselves, at their lives, at their careers. You know, are they spending too much or too little time with family or friends? Are they spending too much time at work? Um, are they really enjoying what they're doing? Is their work providing them with a sense of fulfillment, meaning, purpose? Is it, uh, is it coming from an act of service or, um, you know, and I think what this situation can do for people is it'll help them reassess um, what they want to start choosing over, mm-hmm. over, I guess, what they feel forced or compelled to do. So I think if people start to choose more and force less, they'll start to live a very fulfilled life. Yeah. I love that. I think, um, yeah, choice is very important and something that we often, often forget. So with that being said, what made you choose to apply for maths? <laughs> Let's get uh, into okay. the good stuff. <laughs> get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. yeah. So I applied for maths. On the last, so it was the reunion episode of last season. It was the final episode and I'd broken up with my partner that day Woo! and her and I had issues for months prior. So in my head, it was kind of like, well, been in a place for a while. I was kind of over it. I'm just going to take a leap of faith and see where this takes me. Not thinking I would probably get in, but on the other side of that, feeling like it I, I had every chance over everyone else to get in because I was gay. I was outspoken. I was um, strong. I knew I could bring something interesting to the table. So I got a call the very next day by the producers. They loved my application and it just kind of snowballed from there up until I met with the producers in May last year. And then I heard nothing for a few months. Uh, and in between that time, I reconnected with my ex-partner. We were going to work things out. But, you know, I then started to kind of see those red flags come up again. Mm. And then the show contacted me in July, the week of my birthday. And then I then had to really make a decision on what I was going to do. Was I going to go for the show? Because they're like, you're pretty much in. Like, we need to know what you want to do. And at first, I actually rejected the application. I'm like, well, thanks, guys. But I'm going to actually work things out with my ex-partner. Um, and then I sat on that decision for 24 hours and I was like, nah, this doesn't feel right. You know, I've got every chance to potentially meet the love of my life. And then if that doesn't work out, it'll just open up a whole bunch of doors for me that 
through sheer hard work alone won't. So yeah, yeah, I saw a, you know, I saw a win-win situation regardless. Um, And then I had to break the news to my ex-partner, not that we were officially back together, but like I said, we were trying to work things out. It was leading that way. And I just set her down in the most calmest way. I allowed her to throw all sorts of abuse my way. And well, it's a pretty crazy thing to be like, um, so by the way, that Mm. last time we broke up, I applied for married at first sight and it actually has become a thing like that's a pretty ballsy thing to have to tell somebody else. I can't even imagine what it would have felt like to be on the receiving. Yeah. You know, like how I would have reacted. So that's why I let her wish death upon me basically. (laughs) Um, and we haven't spoken since, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so I don't regret my decision, even though the experience in the show was not like I'd hoped. Um, but the aftermath of that has been really, really positive, you know, amazing opportunities. I've now got my finger in four businesses, not one. Um, I've got amazing support from, you know, new friends, existing friends. I've realized who was, who, who wasn't there for me and I've gotten rid of them out of my life, you know? So it's been, um, it's been a massive eye opener for me. And Mm. I think the show needed to happen in order for me to do a massive sweep in my life and a full reassessment. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you were talking a lot about, cause it came up in the first uh, a couple of episodes and your wedding episode and your honeymoon, which is sort of where I want to focus today because a lot of the listeners in the U S are just getting the show for the first time. Yeah. But, um, you, you did have mention of that to the bridesmaids, which turned around and they were a little bit nasty and kind of threw it back in your face when they told Tash about it. A lot of the mm. listeners wanted to know how you felt about see, watching that back and seeing, because you were, I mean, from a, a viewer's point of view, you were just being honest, but it did mm. get a little twisted, I think, through the grapevine when it got delivered back to Tash. Yeah. So a little um, mention about her bridesmaids. So uh, I'm just going to be really forthcoming and blunt about the bridesmaids. So watching back the edit in Australia back in February, I had about 80 people come to my, my wedding episode airing. It was like an engagement party. There was a lot of people there. As soon as we saw the bridesmaids go, we don't like her. And also, you know, I guess put me under the pressure cooker when all I was doing was, I guess, the right thing, trying Mm -hmm. to talk to the whole party, make sure everyone was okay. And yet Tash didn't do the same. She sat at her chair most of the time you know, and okay, I didn't talk to the bridesmaids much, but I wasn't getting exactly a warm reception either. So it's mm-hmm. a two-way street. And then to be cornered at the pool, my, my, my heart was racing when they were talking to me because I was like, hang on a minute, like anyone who meets me loves me because I can <laughs> see that I'm genuine. So what's your problem? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I guess... They had a guard up already. Oh, they, yeah. You know, and I think the way they came across, I had to be very calculated in my response because I thought I need to make you look like the asshole right now because that's just what you are. But I need to come out on top and also show you that I'm not intimidated by what you're saying, which I wasn't. Right? Yeah. 
and I didn't want to come across as nasty as I wanted to because I thought the whole Australian public needs to watch this and I need to make a good first impression. Yeah. Right. So it was hard to not want to bite their head off and go, what's your problem? Right. <laughs> I can because imagine. I if, if I come across too, too aggressive, they would have, ha- they probably would have gone, yeah, no, nah, we hate her. We don't like it. They didn't like me and I was nice. Yeah. Can you imagine if I came across aggressive, right? So I thought, okay, some people in life just aren't going to like you, but I'm going to put it down to your mate wasn't there with the right intentions to begin with. So you can drop the attitude, love, because that'll soon reveal itself, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot off camera which people don't see. And there's a lot of people who reached out to me during and after filming that knew both Tash and her bridesmaids personally and confirmed the nasty, fake individuals that they all are. Mm. And I was like, cool, this is great. So not only were they hated across <laughs> Australia on every social platform, Twitter, Instagram, they copped an absolute serve wow. for their behaviour, absolute serve. Meanwhile, I copped heaps of love. Oh, good. You know well, I loved your good. wedding episode, I have to say, and it's probably the only one I cried in because I'm a big mush ball, but your, um, particularly your vows and, you know, I got a lot of feedback from people just watching it for the first time, just how yeah. moved they were, um, both in the LGB community and, you know, in, 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 in our straight community as well. You know, it was really lovely to hear your words. And I mean, I just wanted to know, it must have been hard for you to have written those vows and it must have taken a lot of time what was that process like for you look like I said the week that I found out I got into the show I broke up well I completely ended it with my my then partner right I I had nothing but resistance from my family who didn't want me to take part in the show I had my birthday that week and I also stopped a body bodybuilding diet that week, which was 24 weeks deep at that point. It, 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 someone might as well have died that week because the anxiety and the pressure in my heart and in my emotions was through the roof. I didn't sleep well at all that week. Right. Mm. So then I, I basically had to really think about what I was going to write because I thought I've got one chance to represent our community here. Right. And I've always wanted to make a difference in life. So this is my opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so I practiced, I recorded myself saying that speech about 20 times to make sure that by the time I do read it, I kind of remember it, but I can engage with whoever's around me and make sure that it has the beautiful impact in person that it does on paper even down to the point that when I put her hands on my chest, I had that written down, put hand on chest. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So then when the, the bridesmaids turned around and go, you seem so rehearsed. I felt like oh, saying, Oh, that yeah, sucks. Because I rehearsed it like 20 times to get it right to impress you and your family. And you know what? Do you know what I'm saying? And it was yeah. like, it was such a cop out. I was like, I've never ever been treated or disrespected like this in my life. And then to be disrespected on national television like that, I'm thinking you make yourself look like an idiot, not me, but it hurt deep down. I thought I've come here with good intention. I've left behind a partner, practically my family, right. To do this. And this is what I got paired with. 
So at the time it didn't make sense. And then I thought in time, this will make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's your relationship with your family. Okay. Now I know your dad didn't come to the wedding. Um, is that, is that improved? No. So I had an altercation with my father in December. Um, you know, and again, it was a lead up of a lot of things. He, look, I'm out, I'm outspoken because I'm not a pushover. I'm not a doormat, but I'm also not disrespectful. But if I don't like the way you talk to me because you're my father or my mother, I'm not going to suddenly sit down and let you sit on me because you gave birth to me. I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. I'm 34, Mm. not 14. You know what I'm saying? And this goes out to anyone listening to your podcast, just because we bleed the same color doesn't mean you owe them any more than what they owe you. Respect is a two way street. You got to meet in the middle. Absolutely. I completely, yeah, completely agree. You know, a lot of people hold on to, um, and I'm very lucky. I come from a, a family that, you know, get along well, but I know a lot of friends and family that haven't had good experiences, um, with, with their direct family or, you know, extended family. And you know what? Like life's too fucking short. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes your friends yeah. become your family. My cat is my fucking child. So, so is <laughs> mine. I, I think you can so relate. I was going to say, oh 100%. my God, that cat, I died a thousand deaths when I saw him. <laughs> so fucking cute. Smoky. And mine's dusty. <laughs> they're very similar they're soul cats <laughs> they're both dirty in their names yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no he is um he's beautiful you know and the fact that they put him on the show because even the producer fell in yeah. love with him oh that's just, so cute he's, he's seen me go through quite a lot do you know what mm. i mean he's changed tales with me he's seen me break up with my partner he's seen me fight with my family like he's witnessed a lot and i think I feel that he was sent to me by the heavens above and he's just such a pleasant soul. He's so, um, so placid. He is beautiful. Beautiful. I think um, the the viewers won't have seen this yet um, in the States that are rewatching, they're replaying it now. But uh, later in the season, you say, you know, anyone that comes, I can't remember the exact quote, but anyone that comes to my cat, like, basically dead to me and I remember watching that and being fist pumping and be like fuck yeah bitch <laughs> I, what I said the exact words were look I'm not a mum but I'm a cat mum and if anyone messes with my cat they're gonna feel it love it <laughs> yes what I really wanted to say is mess with my child and I'm going to knock you the boop out you know what I mean like, and I probably should have said that but yeah it was yeah, that girls' night was hectic. So that's oh terrible. god. Yeah, there's oh a, the there's whole a lot. show was crazy. It was uh, just mental. I, and I I remember um, you know hearing they had to shut down production for a couple of weeks because everyone was fighting. Everyone was just like fuck, I'm out right. of here. Um, they sent a couple of people off to Bali to cool down for a minute and then picked up production again. So look, people have a lot of drama coming their way. I think it was a really tough season, a lot of massive personalities and a lot of clashes. So, you know, it made for a great season for us to watch, but I'm sure to live it was really, really tough. 
I disagree. I think it was a shit season personally. <laughs> and a lot of people, a lot of people said the same thing. It mm. was, people are like, it just seemed like the girls were way too fake and toxic and bitchy. Mm. And I was like, yes, yes. And yes. Mm. And then, um, I was going to say, like, I just think, okay, you had a fantastic season with Martha and Jess and all them. Right. But you also had a nice balance of personalities too. This year they went too far on the drama spectrum mm. and it got to the point where there was so much drama, it wasn't entertaining. That's yeah. my opinion. It's too it's angry too much and aggressive. Fighting, too much fighting, too much bitchiness. It's like, all right, man, are you here to get married or are you here just for drama? Like we understand you have a show to make, but there are some genuine people that actually want to meet someone. Mm-hmm. So... You know, like when you're putting someone like myself with someone like Tash, as soon as I turned around, I'm like, even though you see me smile on camera, what you don't see is the interview soon after we got married, right? I smiled because I was fucking relieved I finally saw her. Yeah. They kept me at the altar for 45 minutes, oh, right? That's horrible. To build up the tension yeah, and, yeah. You know, and the anticipation. I was like, thank fuck she's here. But turned around and I thought, far out, this is a setup, man. I was like, she's covered in tats. Mm. She looks like a, she looked good on camera. Don't get me wrong. But her energy in person's a very different ball game. Oh, you she's, could feel it. You could feel how cold yeah. she was through the camera. I mean, that's another thing we got listener questions wow. about, you know, in the in yeah. the honeymoon in particular, like one, my listener Candy, she wanted to know in particular, um, when in the honeymoon, when she was meditating in her room, how long were you waiting for? And she wanted to add, that was so rude in caps. Three <laughs> hours. Three fucking Three hours. hours. That, that was long. legit. And you know what? I think production had a bit of a, a mini bit. I think production were up to something in that scene. Yeah, I okay. I honestly think they wanted to put the fiery wog girl Mm. with the passive-aggressive Caucasian girl. Now, I'm just going to say how it is. Our cultures are two very different. But the fact that she didn't even try, I thought she had no care in the world. She was checked out after the wedding, completely checked out. Now, whether the producers made her stay in her room for three hours or not, she didn't say, Hey babe, how long have you actually been waiting here for? Are you okay? Do you want me to get you a drink? Anything like that? Mm. She's like, nah, I'm just going to read. Is that okay? I was like, do you know what? Just stick me on a plane. I'm happy to go back home. Because here's the other thing too. We were on that honeymoon for six days. Six days. We didn't stay in the same room for six days. No sooner did we get into the honeymoon suite, right? She had a panic attack anxiety, meltdown, crying, this and that. They shipped me off to a shit room and kept her in the honeymoon suite, which was a double room with 12 variations of coffees, mad view, everything like that. And I, just, just, I just thought, why is the good person getting punished in this yeah. situation? They were, I think they were wanting me to fire up and blow up on camera. Yeah, probably. They didn't give a shit about us working out. I think they were expecting me to just lose my shit. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to play their game. But in the end, we couldn't get past two or three weeks because it was yeah. like, if I keep staying here, I'm going to look like a moron because she's, she's not invested. Oh, so you I tried, her- man. You tried hard with what you were given, but you were give- she yeah. was given nothing. So when you nothing. first saw her, yeah. 
um, did you, could you feel it at the altar? Was, what was your first impression meeting Tash? I look, I took one look at her bridesmaids and I thought they look like party girls. Like, yeah, okay. They look like party girls. They actually look like hosts at an escort agency. If I'm honest. Ah, child. <laughs> and that is how much I like both of those girls. <laughs> a lot of satire there. Moving on. Um, I guess with her, I felt like, yeah, she looked like a party girl. She looked like someone who wanted to just shot tequila shots every mm-hmm. Friday night, you know, and she actually said, she goes, oh my God, I've had like, Two or three tequila shots just to calm down. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, you're not my person. What, like, for the wedding? Yeah, you know. Oh, like Jesus. Just real put off. Apparently her brides, like her guests at the wedding were doing. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, each to their own at the end of the day. But what if my family members walk in on that? Yeah, just. Is that and I was like, oh dear, okay, this is my karma for maybe leaving my ex partner at the time. Um, and I thought one day this will make sense, but right now, so the wedding look overall, the wedding was actually fun, and Tash was actually very affectionate. And she's like, oh, I can't wait to take you back to the hotel room. She was kissing my neck, like things again off camera. Wow. That you don't see. Yeah, yeah, like when we were waiting for the limo to come again, it was all off camera. She was like, um, you know, I just want to go to bed with you already. And I was like, mm, okay, fair enough. Like, I was like, this is good. It's fun. Like, yeah. I didn't expect to sleep until that night, but I thought this is good. At least, you know, I thought, could this be too good to be true? Yeah, yeah. And surely enough, the next day when she woke up, she goes, look, I'm not feeling an overwhelming chemistry with you. And I was like, okay. That must so be so confusing. How do you explain last night then? It's like you wanted to basically rip my clothes off and now today you're not feeling it. I'm like, oh, shit. So anyway, but I had the producer basically in my ear. I think she she knew what Tash was about, but mm. her job was to keep me there as long as she could. And she's like, no, I promise you, she is really into you, but she's, you know, just just give her, give it a chance. Give it a chance. I said, look me in the eye. This is at week two. Look me in the eye and tell me this girl's into me. I go, I'm talking friend to friend now. Forget the mm. cameras. Forget your job as a producer. Look at me and actually tell me. She goes, I get it, Amanda. I said, okay, I'm glad you do, right? So I think she understood. But again, their job is to keep you there and the drama there as long as they can. Well, that's the whole thing. That's all. That's gaslighting right there because they're not allowed to tell you. You know, if she'd just turn around that producer and be like, look, you know what? Like any, any normal girlfriend would just be like, you know what? she's not that into you, you know? And you'd be like, and you'd be fine with it. Like I liked on the honeymoon, yeah. we just like be brutally honest with me, you know, like I can handle it. I, I don't have a problem in, in having women in my life. Okay. I, I've got many women who DM me daily, who absolutely love and adore what I'm about. You know, hmm. my best um, friend, when I told her I was chatting to you, she's like, Oh, um, can you tell her, uh, put in a good word for me? <laughs> oh my god you know like I've had a lot of straight women beautiful looking straight women throw them not throw themselves but make it very known that they're into me you know things like that so I'm not there's no shortage of women around me so again when I was faced with that situation with Tash I was like I actually said to her I go is it am I not attractive like what is it she goes no no you're gorgeous you're beautiful but I'm just not vibing 
I'm not vibing it. It's like, bitch, you're not even trying. What do you yeah. mean you're not vibing? Like, this is not love at first sight, mate. It's marriage at first, married at first sight. We didn't choose each other. We got chosen, but there's a bit of work that needs to happen here. You're not my type at all, but maybe, maybe there's something about you I could fall in love with yeah. if we just explore and try. Anyway, that's all good. That's neither here nor there. That was my experience. It wasn't a great one, but like I said, the aftermath has been nothing short of brilliant. So it's been good. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like what you've gotten out of it? Yeah. So I guess, um, I guess on the family front, it helped me put to bed a lot of uncertainty with where I felt my position was within the family and the actual support from the family. I was always at odds with my family and my ex-partner was always my ex-partner picked up on that without me mm. even saying anything. So did a lot of my friends and stuff. They're like, you get treated a bit differently to everyone else in your family. We kind of see the way your mum and dad kind of deal Do you with think your is that because of your sexuality? And, oh look, everyone says that they they accepted my last two serious partners, but did they really accept me? I don't know. You know, mm. I think that remains to be seen. So there's that. So I made peace with that and that's fantastic because now I no longer question my self-worth. I know what I'm about and I fucking love who I am. And if you don't like it, mate, i got five exits in the house. Pick one and find it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, uh, I love that. And I, and I think people really need to own who they are and love mm-hmm. who they are. And if certain people, family, friends, colleagues don't love who you are, you don't have to keep them there. Yeah. You can be so happy, more happy than you've ever been in your life just by getting rid of the toxicity out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that, came, that took me 34 years to realise because my mum would constantly tell me, you know, oh, Amanda, your family will always be there for you, not like your friends. I said, really? Because some of my friends have done more for me than what my family ever have. So, you know what, as far as I'm concerned... The value you bring to my life is zero. Yeah, wow. How many other kids in the family? Two. Mm-hmm. That's, that would fucking suck. That hurts. That, that killed me, Kirsten. Yeah. But I also, as soon as I accepted it, it fucking rebirthed me at the same okay. time. That burden I felt, it lifted like a 10 kilo weight on my, sh- 100 kilo weight on my shoulders. Yeah, right? yeah. So spiritually I feel freed since accepting that other than that like I said my social life sucked for a little while because I was a workaholic it was all work 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 my friendships were falling to the wayside by the time Saturday would roll around I was wrecked I just Mm -hmm. wanted to chill married at first sight gave me a, a an opportunity to stop slow down and I promised myself on the other end of the show I would no longer put work on a pedestal, right? And I started to socialize a lot more. And now I've got fucking amazing friends and amazing social life. I live on the water now. Amazing. Um, oh, it just, yeah. Life a year ago is very different to a life to life today, you know? And it's all because I had the balls to go, I'm not fucking happy. It's not working for me. What do I need to change here? And mm. again, people listening need to have a good hard look at themselves and go, 
what do I need to change? Sometimes it can be embarrassing to admit like it was for me. You know what? I didn't have as many friends as I wanted to have back then. And the wheels were then set in motion over the last 12 months to make sure that my social life is fucking banging. So if (laughs) I went to the show to come out on the other end of that to have a better social life and a more fulfilling career, that's exactly what I got. Well, that's amazing. Is that, um, you know, this beautiful motivation that you're talking through now, is this a lot what your podcast is about? Yeah, so the podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and um, YouTube. So they'll get most of the episodes on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. And it's called the Fitness Mindset Podcast. So it's either I've interviewed people or I do my own sort of uh, episodes. Yep. And yes, I do talk about things like self-awareness and self-fulfillment, identity. Um, It's not just about fitness and this and that because you know training and you know eat healthy eating all of that is backed backed by a healthy mindset and understanding what your priorities are if you don't understand why you do anything you're not going to you're not going to see that journey through you're not going to enjoy that process so yeah it's it's, it's good there's there's a lot of variety on the podcast Awesome. Yeah. I think people will be really into that. Um, I just wanted to, I'm talking to, and I don't know how you're going to react when I say this name, Poppy later in the season. And I just wanted to give you a chance to sort of defend yourself, I guess, because she's been known to say some pretty nasty things. Obviously she wasn't your biggest fan. She's called you a bully. What happened there or what do you want to say on your side of things? Yeah, look, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of Poppy at all, mm-hmm. at all. Like I, I think she's quite a shady character if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I don't agree what she did to Luke, what she said about Luke. I don't agree with her allegations because I'm friends with Luke and I'm the only one who publicly defended him. Even though there was a lot of people who didn't agree with her allegations, I was the only one who stood up on the Facebook platform and defended him publicly. Mm. Um, So again, I'm not afraid to speak my mind. My friends, what she hated was the fact that my friends went to bat for me online. She hated that, right? Now, the day after our wedding episode, Tash went public with her relationship with her then partner who she's no longer with, which I'm not surprised about because when you make your relationship all about the fame, right, it's due to die a very quick death, Mm. right? Um. Oh, quick story about that. So they applied for the show together. What? How's that even possible? So they applied for the show together. And also, you know, when um, the experts are calling in the next contestant and the, the photos are flickering like a Russian roulette and then it stops on that. But you can see this person. Her, her then partner, her photo was just before mine. Oh my God. It was kind of later confirmed that they were seeing each other during filming. But Tash was never honest to begin with. Mm. Right. And as far as I'm concerned, puppy can go and fuck herself. And I'm sorry (laughs) if that's too brutal for your podcast, but I don't know what her problem is. Right. So she hung around with the dickheads in the show. So Mm. you're the sum of the five people you associate with. So you know what, puppy, mate, who are the dickheads? 
you can make that what you want. So it doesn't even matter. People will watch the show and make that decision for themselves. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to name, I'm not going to call it, out anyone it becomes, else. It yeah. becomes pretty clear, <laughs> I think. It becomes very clear. Yeah. There was a solid divide in that group, let mm-hmm. me tell you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, they just didn't put savoury characters on the show this season. They just didn't, you know, like, and I know that you've got to get people in there that are going to create or I guess a sense of entertainment. So you need big personalities, but don't fucking sit there and call me a bully when you were basically accusing someone of doing something that I personally don't feel is quite capable of quite capable of doing. Yeah. And because i got supportive friends, you hate that. Why don't you butt out of our business and let the girl, a.k.a. Tash, defend herself? And that's yeah. what it was all about. It was like, you just can all gang up on me, but one of me will still knock down all five of you. If this was the real world right now without the cameras, line them all up in front of me, I will knock every single one of those bitches down on their ass. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Verbally, physically everything it's like you can act cocky on camera all you want right but without your little girl gang which is what they developed in that whole scenario Mm. it's like everyone's strong in the team but are you strong standing alone right yeah Yeah. so did you feel sort of isolated and attacked by by not just poppy but some of the girls yeah 100 percent. it was like horrible so I, I, it's like, all right, so I'm trying here, but yet I'm getting seen as the bad person. It just wasn't work. It didn't make, it didn't commute in my head. Mm. Why am I being penalized for wanting this to work? Yeah. Or, or, okay. So because I could see she was a bit of a moron, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to entertain. I'm not going to ask kiss you. I'm not going to entertain your bullshit. So I pulled back and I called her out on her bullshit. She hated it and they hated it. Mm. You know, and that's what it came down to. Wow, that's uh, that's definitely rough. And and if all that stuff's going on behind the scenes, you know, it just makes the filming experience really worse than it it already is because it's already long hours. It's already you yeah. know you're not loving who you're matched with. Like there's enough for you to contend with already without having uh, people giving you like a backlash at the same time. So how, like in terms of, um, that's more cast, but in terms of your reception from viewers, how do you cope when you get negative backlash or have you been quite lucky in that area? Oh, I've been very lucky. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not, not lucky, Kirsten. I'm a good person. So it shines through. The way way I see it is you might've all liked each other, but the whole of Australia loved me. That's how I see <laughs> yeah. it, right? And that to me is far more important because I think the Australian public were a very strong judge of character and they saw the truth at the end of the day. Yeah, sure, I had a few people. I had one girl actually put up a post about me that I was a sexually abusive person. What? What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, so I thought, Who's okay. This? so what's some random fuck? on the some random who was team Tash and I thought, all right, so what is Tash saying to these fans of hers? Holy shit. That led this girl to, to put up a post like that. She goes, you trigger me so much. She DM'd me. She goes, you trigger me so much. Da, 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 da. This is that. I had Natasha from the show <clears throat> put up a, a comment 
um, that I was abusive. Bro, we hardly spoke. How the fuck was I? I never saw Tash off camera. How was I abusive, right? I copped a few nasty comments here and there, but nothing I can't. If you don't know me from a bar of soap, I'm not going to take your comments on board. What would hurt me is if you knew me personally and you're saying shit like that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I knew to deflect and we were well prepared for the backlash that would ensue after the show by the producers. They sat us down and said, look, nothing will prepare you for what's about to happen, right? We don't know what sort of comments you're going to get, but we're going to help you manage it as best as we can. Did they help you? Again, I... I didn't cop a lot of hate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't fall to pieces yeah. because I wasn't, I, I'm a strong, I, I was strong, strong, well put together mentally individual who knew I, I went there, like I said, with good intention, those who fell apart were not there for the right reasons to begin with. Mm. And the show will unpick your bullshit very quick because again, you are exposed to long hours of filming, um, big personalities. If, if your intentions are not clear, that will get exposed, which is why they had to ship two people off to Bali. <laughs> had to take a, <laughs> to take a breather. <laughs> breather from what? A breather from what? Well, I don't know. I assume again. just like there was a lot of backlash in, um, well, or it was just too hard in the filming process. I actually don't know. Really? So when you stomp around and you create all the drama, suddenly you've got to be shipped off to to Bali because you can't handle it, but you've created all the drama, really? So, so they were were they sent them shoot. away because the cast was sick of them, basically. I have no idea what the go was with them getting a free trip out of that, but I mm. fucking laughed when I heard about it. I was like, really? So one of them was c***ed up behind the scenes every, every dinner party, <laughs> stomping around like she owned the joint, and then you had the other one who was crying off set every day. What were you crying about? Let's make it really clear. You got chosen one out of 15,000 people who applied, right? Um, you're not working, you're getting paid and you're about to um, have a whole new world opened up to you. Mm -hmm. What the fuck are you so upset about? <clears throat> Let's take a moment to really assess what's going on here and just be grateful that you're actually in this position. Experience, yeah. And oh, like said, just, get a free yeah. fucking trip, trip to Bali. It's what, it was a while ago now, remind me. It was, it was the two Tashas, yeah. wasn't it? It was Tash and Natasha that went to yeah. Bali. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, look, it's been a eye-opening experience chatting to you, babe. I have been um, absolutely, I feel like I've barely spoken. I've just been so enthralled with everything that you've shared. And I thank you for being so open and honest. And so will the Pleasure. listeners. Do you want Pleasure. to um, talk about anything you're working on at the moment or your social media that people can follow you on or get in contact with you if they've liked hearing about your world? Yeah. So I've actually got a few businesses I'm working on. So my main business is divine physiques coaching. So on my Instagram page, my main page, which is amanda.m.nicola, which a lot, hopefully everyone is following. Um, the link is in the bio. Um, the podcast, I can send you the link to that. Kirsten, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Below. Yep. Yep. So I'll send you that. Also I'm working with uh, three other businesses. So I've got AL consignment, who I've got business partners in that and basically on the face of that business. So what that is, is we take pre-loved authentic designer labels and we sell them on the seller's behalf and we give that. 
yeah, we give the customers, uh, I guess, a cheaper product. So, you know, it, it's a lot cheaper than getting it in store. We make sure that it's 100% authentic. We give it a certificate of authentication um, and it's a lot cheaper, like I said. So that's called AL consignment. Uh, the next business I work with is uh, Black Dog Coaching. So I'm one of the coaches in that. So what we have is we have a sisterhood, okay? And the sisterhood is basically um, an all-encompassing program. It's a 17-week program that involves mindset, fitness, and nutrition. It goes for 17 weeks long, and it's all geared towards mental health. Yeah, because so, Black Dog is Black yeah. Dog um, all mental health or bipolar focused? It's mental health. It's mental a, health, okay. It's a whole yeah. Um, umbrella. Yeah, yeah, love that. I love that. Yeah, so a lot of people that suffer from some form of depression or anxiety, um, they are basically our main clientele. Um, we do have women that don't necessarily have poor mental health, but, you know, are just struggling to just form good habits, you mm -hmm. know. So we give so much in that course. Um, so, yeah, if you are interested in that, obviously reach out to me personally and I can send you more information on what, what's involved. Um, and the next business I work with is Kayani. So Kayani is a health supplement, which I've been taking now for a couple of months. Um, and it's basically only three products which you take. And I've noticed a, a massive difference in my, my energy, my sleep, my mental clarity. Um, and it took about a month or so for it to kick in, but yeah, I'm going to be basically leading, I guess the, we've got a team in Melbourne, so I'm going to kind of be the face of that team in a sense. And I'm going to have awesome. like a whole marketing team and sales team behind me, helping me in terms of getting my audience on board with that. But yeah, not to really sell it, but to just share, I guess, how it's, how it's just helps me. I'm super busy running full businesses, mm. um, how I manage my energy consistently throughout the day. So so that's, that's it in a nutshell. So I'm really busy. Got a lot on my plate. Is that all? Anyone, you don't yeah. want to like write a book while you're at it or, you know, <laughs> go, on, well, tell ya. go on dancing oh, with the stars crazy. or something like that. I mean, woof, that's <laughs> a lot. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. But you know, I just wanted to say thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Oh no, thank and you. I'm sorry if I've offended anyone or I've sworn too much or anything like that, but you know, just, yeah, I, I can't wait to actually listen back on it. So <laughs> yeah, don't worry. The listeners are used to, used to yeah. swearing and uh, putting up with a lot of shit. So it's all good. Awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. been so much fun. Thank you so much. Thanks Kirsten. No worries. Hopefully we can do another one of these soon. Absolutely. 